Hello and welcome to the American Horror Story podcast brought to you by Bald Move. We are on the Bald Move Network and we are the officially unofficial podcast for FX's American Horror Story freak show television series. I'm your host, Aaron, and, and joining I'm me, Cecily. Joining me as she does each and every week is Cecily. You spoiled it for us. Wait, why? You jump you jumped the announcer gun. I hate surprises. Tonight we're gonna be discussing the third episode. Of season five, Edward Mordrake, part one. Yes. We have a TBC at the end of the episode, a to be continued. What do you think of this episode? Womp, womp, womp. That's how what you thought? I, I kind of, I could get behind that. I think it was good. Um, I really like Wes Bentley as Edward Mordrake. Yes. I thought that was interesting. Elsa's. Or the game master of the Hunger Games, the first Hunger Games. <laughs> I've recently had, or I've recently, um, manifested a very serious understanding of Lana Del Rey's music. Oh, watch out. I I've come to appreciate it in a way that I couldn't before. Was it the ingestion it, of almost near fatal amounts of pumpkin spice? Stop it. <laughs> and I don't think that I could enjoy also singing Lana Del Rey's music huh. if if I didn't have that. Oh. Interesting. You zigged where I thought you were going to zag there. Uh, I thought it was just okay. I found myself, uh, I was reading some feedback before the show started, and I got absorbed into this story of these real-life conjoined twins that it seems like that Dot and Bet are based on. Yeah. Which we're going to be talking about in the feedback. Sarah or uh, Abby and Brittany Hensel. And... It was just fascinating. And then I started reading about all these other deformities and the hormones that cause them and stuff like that. And I yes. just... Uh, I went down that well when I was re- researching Edward Mordrake. Yeah. And then you, Google is yes. trying to become like Reddit or Tumblr or sure. something like that. It keeps sucking you in. It's like, here's more images that look just like this deformity. Oh, you like weird shit? Well, here's right. some more for you to look at. And you can just click endlessly. You want so faces the, on top of faces? You want heads on top of heads? We'll show it to you. I saw a little boy with like half of another little boy sticking out of yeah. his stomach. It was insane. The rear half. It was insane. And yeah. I, I didn't know if it was real or not, but I shut down my computer and i just laid in the bed for about an hour or two <laughs> <laughs> true story i uh so i i, I kind of just started doing this on the commercial breaks because you know watching live television pff, uh and it just sucked me in so it's like i had to do yet another rewatch and a little bit more disciplined but i just feel like that's a bad sign when the real life caricatures are distracting me from the fictional ones but uh we'll see we'll we'll we'll, we'll break it down yeah okay Any, this, anything you want to dish as far as pre-show information this episode was written by michael Uppendahl, who has also written uh seven it was weird the way they they worded this on wikipedia um, but they said seven hours of Mad Men, not seven episodes. <laughs> That's weird. Um, That's vandalism. Yeah. Someone vandalized that article. <laughs> seven hours of Mad Men, Glee, and American Horror Story. And those are his credits. And I, and that's about it. And if Mad Men weren't in there, I don't know. I just thought it was weird. Hmm. Um, and James Wong directed. He has a producer, writer, film director. He did the X-Files. Space Above and Beyond, Millennium, Dragon Ball Evolution. Oh, my God. Space Above and Beyond. That was my jam. Was it? Oh, so good. Was it like Space Jam? No, it was like a... Uh, it was like Babylon... Or not Babylon. Yeah, I guess. It was like uh, Babylon and Battlestar before either of those things were cool. Oh, interesting. Yeah, and only lasted one season, ended on a massive cliffhanger, and they never came back. I got to quit falling for shows like that. Between <laughs> that and Firefly, just yes. got these massive... Blue sci-fi balls. <laughs> size of the Death Star, too. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. That's him. He's done things. Well, I would like to shake his hand for his contribution to his space above and beyond. You want to talk about the episode now? Sure. So, we're having a, a, a tour of a museum that purports to be a freaks of nature 
where the medical community can study these things. And it looks like it's just basically the same thing Elsa Mars doing, except for these freaks are dead and they're not getting paid. Did you notice the very first frame was yes. the uh, the little stop motion joined to the head skeleton that yes. was dancing in the very first frame of the opening credits? Uh-huh. And did you notice, I noticed this for the first time, that those conjoined twins in the stop-motion credits, there's one that has a very large pelvic horn, and he's actually humping the other twin that he's conjoined oh, to. Oh, yeah. I think that... Like, I noticed something new about that every damn time. But anyway, they are... Uh, Emma Roberts makes her first appearance. We don't know her character's name. Um, and she's saying she feels bad about these folks getting gawked at all he day. He introduces her as Miss Rothschild. Miss Rothschild. Mm-hmm. And he introduces himself as Sylvester Mansfield. He, in this case, is the actor that plays Russell Edgington on True Blood. And I'll be making a lot of True Blood jokes. And there's our connection. That's what brings us all back in the, in the end, isn't it? It's True Blood. One of the finest characters in True Blood history. And he says, you know what? They're losers in life. At least now they have value. So he's a, a charming, charming man. Mm-hmm. Uh, we find out he was there to sell them a genuine baby Sasquatch. Turns out it's a medical piece of fraud. It's a fetal goat with a cat's jaw sewn onto it. So par for the quack- medical quackery course. Did you notice that while uh, they were calling him out for you know making that freak thing, did you notice that the way Emma Roberts' character was making eyes at the security guard? The security guard in the doorway... Had these like bugged out red eyes, uh, and then it went nowhere. Like hmm. they made a point to show him multiple times. It was really strange. Yeah, I wonder if there that's going to go somewhere later, or if she's going to have some kind of weird power, and that was kind of yeah illustrating that. I don't know. Um, I do. So, so the male administrator of the of the uh, f- the freakish hospital exhibit uh, huffs off the American Morbidity Museum. There you go. Uh, the female tour guide comes up and says, hey, I see what you're trying to do here. I can tell you're resourceful people. If you could get me some hand, your, your hands on some real genuine freak parts, like, say, this conjoined liver, twin liver, I'll pay you like $5,000. She's condoning murder is what she's doing. I don't believe that's what she was doing. No? No. When she says, oh, I, I can tell people just, like you're resourceful and I won't ask too many questions about where it comes from, that's, that's advocating murder of a human being. Okay. Or at least grave robbery. Sure. I Breach. mean, that's a lot different than killing a person. I don't think she was at all advocating murder. Huh. Okay. Well, I thought she I was I think she a, was just saying, here's the places where you can find genuine things uh figure it out <laughs> that are living and breathing okay she's a murderer <laughs> um we find i we found out that it is actually halloween uh in the time of this what is it, 1952 and the mother of the year is taking your kids trick-or-treating she sure is we've got a fairy princess she's an adorable little probably nine to ten year old girl and her brother is an absolute asshole not because he dressed up as a clown to deliberately scare his sister, but because he's like 19 and still trick-or-treating. Seriously, that's get, the weirdest thing about this whole situation. Get the fuck out of here with he's that, man. He's the creepiest thing on that block. He shows up He shows up to my doorstep, I push him down the stairs. That's all I'm saying. You know what? I think he's a big 15, but still too old. No, I'm, if, you, if you can get your learner's permit, if you can shave... You should go buy candy. Buy your own goddamn candy. You know what? That's a hard thing to let go of, though. Is it? Tri- yeah. You never went trick That's or tr- right. You're talking to a man oh, who was denied his entire childhood. poor baby. Is it hard? Is it? Would you yeah. like to tell me how hard it is to quit trick or I would. I would like to tell you how hard it is. Oh, please do tell. When you spend the first... <laughs> Like 12 years of your life going once a year to everyone's door and they have to give you candy if they have their porch lights on. You come back with pillowcases full of candy that you can eat until the next Halloween. And you want to give that up? Here's the thing. My story is actually sadder than that. Because my mom There's didn't... There's nothing sadder than my that. My mom didn't convert to being a witness till I was six. Mm-hmm. So I have living memory of two awesome Halloweens when I was four and five years old and getting and lots Christmas's, of candy. And Christmases, people. This man is and only Christmases and experienced and, Christmas. And they were, ripped, they were ripped away from me. So it's like, tell me about how hard it is to give up Halloween when you're a teenager. I'll tell you can how you, hard it is when you're six. Can you give the listeners your mom's email address so <laughs> they can tell her exactly how hard it is? You know, honestly, I do not know. It's been... 
five plus years since I've I've heard Heidner hair of her. She's a terrible person, for the record. Well, this is this is all well and good, um, but we need to get on the point. So, oh, and the clown Twisty the clown is for some reason stalking this little princess. Did you have a, so? A lot of people had a problem with Twisty just being on the streets and no one calling him. I'm like, it's Halloween. Like, there's some sort of like, I mean. I am very forgiving when it comes to American Horror Story. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this is one of those things that I'm going to be extra forgiving about. And that is, is that pe- these people haven't really experienced any horrors like this ever. This is this is very blissfully ignorant town. And it's Halloween. So when you drive down, yeah, you're, it's in October, you drive down the street, and there's a freak show in town... You see a clown walking down the street, you don't think anything of it. It's just really believable. Well, that's the other thing. This isn't even Jupiter. This is like the more respectable the town over. Town over. Yeah. And they're even saying like, oh, my God, all these kids from Jupiter because they can't trick or treat because of the curfew. Eh, it's so crowded. Um, and the, the other thing that really cements her position as mother of the year is her state, her, her pro clown statement. I find clowns perfectly delightful. That's not cool. You can't trust anything this woman says. No, no, she's a liar and a and a and a drunk and a drunk and probably a whore. So just like your mom. <laughs> Boom! Just um, kidding. She can't. Trust also, um, so it, the meep thing was a total sham because even the police don't think that he was the killer as evidence of the fact that the curfew is still going on, even though he's now dead in the ground. Ethel is going to see a town doctor, and he's very sweet to her. But he has bad news. I've done a biopsy of your liver, and it's all cirrhosis and fibrosis and all the bad osses you can have. No osmosis going on in this liver. (laughs) And he gives her six months to a year. Tells her to avoid meat and not have a single drop of alcohol if you want to live as long as you can. Kathy Bates, I find, I've I've now... Are you... Starting to speak with a Baltimore accent? It it might be. I don't... (laughs) The mouth is not working... Let me hear. Let me, pour my, let me pour myself another drink. That'll fix it. I think Kathy Bates is killing this role. She's got this like tough, no nonsense, uh, survival, yeah. survivor mentality. Yeah, she's she's good. And now that I know what accent she's trying to go for, I just wish they hadn't chose something so obscure. Mm. You think that's a weird thing to give her? Mm. I I get it now. I've heard a Baltimore accent. I've now familiarized myself sure. with it. But I just think that's such a strange thing to go for, especially when they're in the South. Yeah, doing a Southern accent is so easy, y'all. Yeah, <laughs> I just I don't know. I now that I know what she's going for, and I've heard a few. I feel like it's kind of receded into the background as a distraction to me, and I'm just really digging her performance. Uh, we will have some contra opinions and feedback. Uh, but she cries because he's the first doctor to ever treat her with respect. You can imagine most doctors are going to be like prescribing her, uh, razor blade, razor blade, some nair for her face, <laughs> stuff like that. And not taking her seriously as a woman and having, having, having problems and needs. And he does, he's very kind. And, yes. um, I like that scene. We see the freaks celebrating Halloween. They're Bobbing for apples. Getting they're, South Florida wasted. They're getting SoFlo wasted. They <laughs> are uh, throwing streamers in the rafters of the tent. True tents did, don't have rafters, but whatever, the guy wires of it. There's some people hanging up there, just yep. grabbing the streamers. Yep. Where did the acrobat girl come from? I don't know. She's feel, not been featured before, but now she's all over the table. Here's the deal. I don't think like we've Thanksgiving met. Thanksgiving turkey. I don't think we met all the freaks yet. Yeah, I'm seeing a lot of uh, small people playing the guitar or something in the background yeah like there's some banjos being played yeah um but uh jimmy comes back they're all having fun jimmy came back from digging a grave uh for meep and he's being all morose and talking about how he couldn't protect everybody and he's kind of a failure and dot of course who is in love with this boy screams to everybody to stop having fun and respect jimmy and meep and in fact i want to dedicate today's performance uh, and then Kathy Bates comes in and puts the kibosh, says, no, no, new freak performs in Halloween because go. of Edward Mordrake, um, <laughs> a, the legend, the myth, the factual aristocrat. Uh, and it's actually, he did, this is a real person. Yeah, I cut out a little clip here. I can tell you just a little bit about him. Hit it, spit it. It says, uh, the doctors say on the back of his head, an extra face could, he had that apparently was a woman's face. Uh, which I thought was really well, that interesting. That explains the demonic nature of 
of the visage. It, it uh, could neither eat nor speak out loud, although it was described as being able to laugh and cry. Good which has shit. Be That's so, creepy. Yeah, right? Uh, and, which makes me think, like, did it laugh or cry when he did? They shared the same brain, right? Yeah. And it could talk to him? Oh, it's awful. Uh, Edward reportedly begged doctors to have his demon face removed, claiming that it whispered to him at night, but no doctor would attempt it. He committed suicide when he was 23 years old. <laughs> you know, I did some research about the that particular condition, and it's interesting. There's this uh, human growth hormone called SHH. SHH is named for after Sonic the Hedgehog. I'm not even making it up. I guess there's a trend in molecular molecular biology since it's kind of a new field to give very whimsical names to things. But this hormone, so there's a bunch of hipster doctors. This yes, day and exactly. Age? Okay. So this this hormone causes your face to get like bilateral symmetry. You know, it causes the cells to differentiate. Right. And if you don't have enough, it can cause what's called cyclopism. Yeah. Where you just have one eye socket and usually kind of a giant stretched out mouth. I saw that. And if you have too much of it, it can cr- it can bilaterally separate your face so much that you can have three eyes and a giant mouth, or even at the extreme where you've got situations like poor Edward here, where we have a deformed face 180 degrees away on the other side of your skull. And I saw a real picture of uh, of, of a couple of children with this, yeah. and it it looks remarkably like it uh, did on the show. Wait, there are people living today? Well, the thing is, is like m- most people with this disease, like many other deformities like this um, and genetic issues, they don't live very long. For Most children are stillborn. And others, most of them die within the first year. So this, I think the little boy I saw was like four or five. Mm. But I didn't see any adults with this condition. But uh, I don't know. You could probably do some more Google searching. Interesting. But no, it, it is it is interesting, and it seems pretty sad. And um, I, I feel like that when I was reading some historical accounts, some of this has been sensationalized. Yeah. Just like American Horror Stories yeah. do. But the, definitely it's got a lot of bones on that legend. Um, did you find any basis about the... Uh, the freak's observance of this? Do you think that's something they just made up for the show? Or? Oh, you know what? That I forget to look at. All right. Well, maybe we can uh, get back to the listeners I was. Next week. I just got so wrapped up and fascinated with the true story of all these other people. Well, anyway, takeaway is he's some lord or duke or some shit like that. He was of noble birth. He kept himself all in seclusion. There's only one photograph of him. So in this version of Edward's story... His family had him committed to a mental institution after he couldn't get the demon face to shut the fuck up. Uh, he is he, actually the famous Bedlam Madhouse. He escaped from there and joined the freak show uh, where he was very successful uh, wowing audiences with his cultural singing and piano playing and poetry recital. And then when he would do a trademark bow to the audience and show his demon head and people would flip their shit. Uh, and after a few years, on one Halloween night, he snapped and he murdered every freak in the troop and then hung himself. And if any freak to this day performs on Halloween, they summon the spirit of Edbert, very much Bloody Mary style, and his demon face, and he chooses one freak to take with him back to hell. Jimmy thinks it's bunk, and he starts to call it on it, but he knows his mom drinking, and he says, I thought you swore off of that sauce. And she goes, I've sworn right back on. <laughs> sworn on. Jimmy. And she holds, <laughs> holds up her hand like it's just like a solemn oath. She, and she gives him like the Spock, which I thought was oh, that's really offensive. Yeah. And kick a boy while he's down. Come on. Yeah. Kick a, kick a, what is he? The seal boy? Uh, he's a lobster. Lobster boy. Kick There's a lobster a lot, boy. A lot of down. seafood in town. We go to the dandies. The dandies. And, and the uh, Dora's dressed up like Woody the Woodpecker because that's Dandy's favorite. How is her mom. How is Dandy's mom so far up the Dandy's asshole and yet so completely oblivious to his actual desires and likes? Like, he doesn't like Howdy Doody. He apparently doesn't give a shit about Woody Woodpecker. No, I think that he did. I think. Oh, this clown is. Exactly. I uh, think right up until the point where the clown was introduced, he would have been all about Howdy Doody. Also, I think that even if it was like a clown costume. He probably would have threw a fit and said that it was not good enough because that's the kind of asshole that he is. I've known kids like that, that that's a manipulation tactic. They, Even when they get exactly what they want, they act like they're nonchalant or disappointed to make their mother and father. Because they want more. It's not good enough. It's they're, an abusive relationship. Yeah. Um, he is altogether mad, just as mad as Twisty is, but in a whole different way. 
Yeah. Does that make sense? No, I mean, at the end he's of the insane, episode. He's insane. He's scary, like a child that has no filter. Sure. He's killed cats and a woman on accident in a fit of rage. Right. Uh, we'll get more on that later when uh, he tries to attack Dora. His mom's dressed up as Doris Duke, who is an American heiress, horticulturist, art collector, and philanthropist, daughter of a wealthy tobacco tycoon. Uh, she was kind of a globetrotter and a socialite. Do you think that this is supposed to inform her a little bit of us, of her ba- form us of a little bit of her background, rather? I mean, it's just adding to it. I think we're pretty well informed based on their dinner discussion of how things are refined and they're different people. Oh, Cecily is so clever with that inference. Does she look like? Uh, <laughs> does she look like Doris Duke? Uh, kinda. Uh, I mean, just have black and white pictures, but she's just kind of. Uh, generically well-to-do white woman <laughs> so like a jackie o type uh jackie o is very much prettier this is more of a oh shit what is very the much prettier what is the bet not bet midler betty davis more of a betty davis type oh, like you know not not old betty davis but middle-aged betty davis still kind of you could see the severity of her yeah um anyway uh he had a howdy duty costume completely loses it. his shit and Dora stands up to him, says, you're an ungrateful little fucker. Did not actually like, use I those know. words. <laughs> and says, I ain't fucking afraid of you. Not exactly those words. And and runs him off. And wastes all that candy corn. You still, still probably pick the glass out, right? Sure. That's safe. He's probably going to collect it in a bowl and feed it to children. <sighs> Smart. He's gonna. He's gonna. He's. That's gonna give him the idea. He's gonna slip razor blades yep. into Snicker bars and glass into mm-hmm. the. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's how that legend is born. <laughs> and poison the chicken heads. Poison the chicken heads. <laughs> <laughs> the dandy is handy. Say what you want about him, and oh, he makes wow. his own damn clown costume. Yeah. It's kind of like a perverted Peter Parker origin story. Ew. Except for he probably would kill Uncle Ben. Uh, we cut the Meep's funeral where all the freaks gather around and they throw chicken heads to ease his passage into the Valley of Darkness and uh, pour out some booze. And Coolio's there to sing about it. <laughs> You've been wasting most our lives. Biting Living off in chickens. a freak show paradise. <laughs> and we're introduced to Mystic Esmeralda, who is... Uh, Emma Roberts in a new guise who says she's a fortune teller and she wants to join the troupe. Did you wait before that? Did you see Amazon Eve offer Mop a tea, a f- a sip off the flask? And she goes, No, no, so cute, so adorable. <laughs> it's adorable, love those two. But it was really serious because if she had taken a sip, she oh my would God. literally died from alcohol poisoning. Yeah, her liver would have exploded <laughs> out of her gut like an alien, no, like a chest brister. <laughs> oh no. Thank you for offering me a lethal dose of poison. <laughs> we have a dream, a horrific dream of Dot and a nightmare of Being Bet. unconjoined. Woo-hoo. Yeah, she's, uh, Dot's wanting to fire up the chainsaw and essentially chop off her sister's head. The bone saw. Uh, so she wakes, she wakes her sister up, Bet does, and says, you know, why are you doing this horrible dream? Aren't you afraid you'd miss me? I'd miss you even though you're mean as a, uh, I don't know, a goat with an ingrown hoof. <gasps> and she goes, hey, I'm not afraid to do what it takes. And I'm going to work hard. I'm going to find a doctor to do that surgery. And Bet points out one of us will die. And Dot rejoins, one has a chance of happiness. This oh, feels very what? early in the season for them to just plot each other's death. I thought... What if this is some elaborate foreshadowing? What if at the very end of the season, Dot is the one that dies? Like... Dot is evil enough to get the money together. She, you know, sure. cuts town. She goes to the uh, doctor, and they go to perform the surgery. And Dot actually dies. Bet lives and gets the body. So I told you, I, I staked this out very early on in the season, maybe in the first episode. I think that where one of these twins is going to die, and we're going to be treated to in a scene of the twin being stuck with the dead head on her s- still living shoulders. It's I don't think be, that's going to happen. I don't think I'm it's going to die in front it. of her. And maybe okay. she'll be even a zombie head. You are getting and your she'll try to eat up. the other head because what are you going to do when your zombie head is attached to your shoulder? You're a geek. <laughs> Elsa is in her den in her palatial tent smoking opium when the new fortune teller Emma Roberts shows up and uh, introduced herself as, as, as Esmeralda, right? Mystic Esmeralda. Uh, they stopped calling her Mystic and started calling her Esmeralda, and also. 
I tried to confirm what her first name was on Wikipedia, and it uh, said it was Maggie. Hmm. So I think just Esmeralda from here on out for me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm going to stick with Esmeralda as well. Uh, she demonstrates her talent to a very skeptical Miss Mars, and Miss Mars is kind of like half passing out from her opium high. Uh-huh. And you see that she casts, uh, Esmeralda does a glance around the tent and sees her sheet music and sees a photograph of her with a clipping of an interview from when she was almost famous and kind of gets a it's an informed cold reading is what it is and she goes in and gives a very flattering tale of she's suffered past terrible injustices because of greed and jealousy but your future i can hear your song it's heartbreaking people are cheering applause sounds like thunder and a Ms. man will come and save you. A man, an impresario, which is, uh, I guess, a financier of who manages concerts or operas. Uh, and she says, you're like the aster that blooms late in the fall. It's never too late. Just feeding her red meat yeah. like so many bet heads to so many dead zombie dot heads. <laughs> uh, we then go to Dell and shit. What's her name? The three-tittied one. <laughs> Desiree. Dell and Desiree's trailer, where Dell is working out. He's got those dumbbells, and, um, and he's getting he's getting a pump on, and things and turn sexy. Desiree's got her sexy maid costume on. And uh, she goes to jump his bones, and it turns into, uh, if, you're fr- if you're a fan of the Breaking Bad sad birthday hand job, we now have the American Horror Story sad Halloween hand job. Love it. I, I wish I could alliterate that a little bit, or maybe a horrific Halloween hand job. It's not that scary, though. It is kind of. It gets horrific. I wish I... Th- it does, because uh, she says, I can't take this shit no more. You're always making excuses about why you can't get it up. Says so she's unsatisfied. You think he's on steroids or something? Ooh, that would be interesting if he's actually experimenting with that stuff. Mm-hmm. I think it might be a little too early. It's interesting, because I, I, I understand that, like, you can tell the old-time bodybuilders are all natural because they their pectorals weren't huge. Yeah. Because it's very hard to work those without steroids. Really? And without modern uh, exercise equipment and techniques. Oh, interesting. So, like, you see, like, the man of the world in the 1950s. He's got big, well-defined biceps and triceps, and his, his quads are huge. And, and he's got chest. a But his, his, yeah, his chest doesn't have those big, big, beefy man tits that, like, Arnold Schwarzenegger rocks uh, yeah. later on. Although Arnold claims to be all natural, too. Don't know. Anyway, what was I talking about? Oh yes, she says I'll get. I can get more satisfaction from a doorknob, and he grabs her up and slams her against the wall and says, "I deserve some goddamn respect." And she said, "Get your paws off me, or you'll never see me again." Which point he releases her, and she takes a drink and she in a glass and she leaves. She doesn't seem afraid of him, even though he's a violent, angry, strong man. Um, I think he's the kind of man. Ugh, and this is hard to comment on. All right. It's weird situation that they're in. But I think he's the kind of man that preys on weakness. Really? But she's not weak. Exactly. Do you know why? Which is why he let her go. Because she has a penis. And three boobs. And three boobs. Yeah. She's she's every woman and man (laughs) in one body. (laughs) Okay. I'm going to move on before you kill me. (laughs) Um, Please. So he stomps off into the weeds of the swamp, and uh, Elsa hears him roaring and said, Ooh, somebody mad at somebody. Did you have a fight with the triple tits? And he starts getting all pissed. And she says, Hey, sit down and share some hooch with me. And she confides to him that she's dying, and she wants him to look after Jimmy, I but never this- let Jimmy know he's his paw. This is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Okay. This man almost beat him. Well, maybe not to death. But beat the shit out of him last episode and killed one of his good friends. And Oh, and by the way, tried to kill him as a child. Yes, exactly. And you're going to try to tell me that he's going to have some sort of comeuppance, some sort of redemption arc? I'm I'm not biting. This is bullshit. He's high on my list for one that old Edward's going to off. A he genuine needs the freak. influence of a maniacal tyrant. Yeah, to learn how to be a good man. Yeah, I, th- I feel I like thought, he's. Yeah. I feel like he's the one that's going to. The Edward's going to kill, because it's all the more ironic because he's not a freak. But right. if Edward takes him back to hell as a genuine freak, I think that would be a nice little arc for him. I don't think so. All right. Well, that's my prediction. Okay. Officially, and he kind of gets wistful about missing out and being such a terrible father. And yeah, he said, he "Missed Halloween. I miss Halloween. What do you like to dress up in? He always wanted to be a soldier, 
And they have a beautiful shot of them looking out into the water, into the, I don't know, Florida, Jupiter, Everglades, or whatever. Swamps. The swamps of Florida. It is pretty shot. But what did you make of him always wanting to be a soldier? Is that because he's just always been a fighter? I think so. He's always wanting to stand up for the weaker person and what's right. Hmm. To be a Ser- defender. Serve a purpose. Yeah. All right. Uh, Ma Petite scares the shit out of Amazon Eve by bursting out of a pumpkin as she walks to her trailer, which I thought was hilarious. It was a cute little uh, segue into Halloween. And the title card says it's Halloween Eve. Uh, Oh, it wasn't a Halloween Eve the whole day? Well, now it's like the evening of Halloween. I'm just saying it says Halloween and now it says Halloween Eve. Yeah, you're right. It's That's not a weird. Way. Okay. That's confusing. Because Halloween is a contraction that means All Hallows or All Saints Evening, or it already has the word evening in it. It's like ATM right. machine. <laughs> it's not an ATM, ATM machi- machine. ATM machine, teller machine. machine. Yeah. <laughs> um, ass to mouth machine. Now that. Whoa. That, if you could invent a machine, that's the one way, that's the one time you could say ATM machine. What do you mean, if you could, like <laughs> I haven't already? <laughs> well, Rule 34 of the internet would suggest that it's already out there. All right. Google. Let's 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 have a let's have a Google race after here. No, all right. (laughs) Dandy is in his house. He's in his clown costume, and they have this little shot of him looking out through the little mask, going down the stairs, and doing the uh, Jason from Friday Thirteenth heavy breathing. And he's stalking Dora, and she goes, "Look, you don't scare me. If you, I know you're cutting comedy with these fucking animals. If you kill one more, I'll call the goddamn police." And she said, he pulls a knife on her. And he goes, oh, you're going to kill me? Well, you do it. And then when he doesn't, she says, laughs in his face and says, you don't have the guts. And he says, he pulled the trip hate. I hate you. I hate you. I hate you. Yeah. And she says, I hate you right back. I just wrote, they hate each other at the end here. <laughs> it's beautiful. I have a question for you. Do you have a statement first? Yes. I think that he, much like uh, Dell, can only kill things that are weaker than him. Things that are super defenseless. See, there's people on the Facebook thread who were worried that Dora's going to get killed. Uh-huh. I feel like Dora's going to kill this boy at the end of the season. Like, she's going to be the one that personally ends his reign of terror. Personally? Personally. <laughs> A little slurry. <laughs> what do you think of that theory? I like that theory. Okay. Uh, Esmeralda has uh, phones home to Sylvester. She's Stanley. Stanley, okay. Uh, I know him as his uh, con man name. Russell Edgington? <laughs> yeah, with that too. <laughs> Esmeralda phones home to Sylvester. What did you say his name was? Stanley. Stanley. Stan Lee. Stan. Ah, a <laughs> no, little homage. No. Uh, his name's Russell Edgington. <laughs> the freaks she confides give her to heebie-jeebies, and they're just all around. And uh, The pinheads is what they call Pepper and her brother. And uh, I haven't had a name for them yet, but the pinheads works for me. Okay, I'll go with that. And uh, in the flashback. Doc calls her a whore out of jealousy. She says, that's not the only thing you give away for free. And uh, he goes, oh, it can join. Russell Edgington says, oh, it can join twin. We've hit the jackpot. Where are they attached? And she says, what's the difference? Because of the size of the jar, duh. Uh, He wants to put her in and wants to know the best way to mount her, either formaldehyde or vacuum or missionary position. And she goes, you said nothing about murder. And he said, look, doll, we're going to break the bank with this after I take care of my business. I wonder what his business is. We're, we're going to find out. It's a Viking hooker. <laughs> Rare to find these parts. <laughs> uh, an authentic Viking uh, hooker. hooker. Yep. Back into the, the, the phone, though, the popo shows up and hassles Jimmy and Esmeralda. It's about 10 minutes before the curfew sets, and he's going to arrest them. Soon as his watch ticks one second over, and his watch is running fast, Jimmy's defiant. She tries to be charming, and, and uh, they escape after Jimmy declares the scene smells of pig shit anyway. Yeah, and that's pretty much it's that. Not scene. much to that. Yeah. Uh, speaking of uh, Viking God, we see Russell Edgington said, "I've never had sex with a Viking God before." I feel like that's a blatant, blatant Especially. true blood homage. Yes, Eric Northman in the house. Um, Many especially times since saying that guy. Thor needs not a hammer but a sword. I thought that was a stretch. Mm. But then, uh, just like you do to me, every night when you get home, you say, take off my 
pants. <laughs> Stop it. My mother listens to this. And then I say, holy Christ. <laughs> um, apparently, <laughs> apparently, Russell Edgington is hung. I got a question for you. Like Narsil, the Flame of the West. What? Is there a possibility that there are two dicks in there? Ooh, a fork yanger. Yeah. That this would be interesting. Show, yeah, this is a show about freak shows, and I think it's very cliche to pull down the pants and be impressed by the giant size, right? Uh-huh. Two dicks would be crazy. It would be crazy. Especially since he gives this kind of pains look. Huh. You know, the guy looks at his dick and he says, oh, wow. And you see him enjoying his reaction, and then he just sort of does this like sad face so did you catch that yeah what, i mean how did you interpret that i got a boogie nights feeling oh yeah you know like mark Wahlberg is pa- packing this serious wood but he also which is like that's always stereotypically it's like oh guys are so confident they have these massive dongs yeah. you know but i felt like in boogie nights that they played mark Wahlberg number one as like a almost a simpleton t- child but also that he had this really fragile ego that he was, it was very easy to to puncture that, and he, you know, I mean, you think of that last scene where he disrobes in front of the mirror, and yeah, did you? Uh, I, I got a little bit of that from Russell Edgington there. Have you ever heard the uh, people say, you know, the smarter you are, the more you think you're stupid? Sure. It's kind of the same way with having a giant cock. Or a forked one in this case. Exactly. The bigger your dick is, the more likely you think you don't stack up next to other people. Did you know possums have forked penises? No lie. I'm pretty sure you know about every dick in the animal kingdom. That's accurate. It's kind of embarrassing when you say it that way, but <laughs> I, I do know surprisingly a lot. This man is an encyclopedia of knowledge, and that includes all the penises. Sure, like cats have barbed ones. And all the vaginas, too, ladies. He's not cats. No, I don't, know, I don't know so much about vaginas. That's, I, I, I guess... It's a mystery of the animal kingdom. Yeah, you know. I, well, it is to me, too. It's a pain. <laughs> Ducks have corkscrews. Um, let's continue. Uh, <laughs> Way off. <laughs> we're at the fairy princess's home. She's home after having uh, uh, Halloween, and, and these her brother. Women are getting Mad Men wasted. Yeah, they are getting Betty Draper wasted, Megan Draper wasted. Uh, <laughs> her brother uh, has stolen Sally Draper wasted. <laughs> Sally Draper wasted. <laughs> Drinking vanilla extract. Uh, her brother has stolen her candy and tries to shake her down. And she has to call him Magic Mike to get it back. Master Mike, even worse. Pretty sure it's Magic Mike. Uh, that's pretty horrifying, too. And another anachronism, which fits Ryan Murphy's credo in the series. Uh, and to do his chores. And just when he's being uh, a complete shit, Twisty snatches him up and just rushes him out the window. Yep. In scene. Uh, Dot and Bed are preparing for a rehearsal on Halloween Eve, and Dot is being just a huge bitch. Uh, I this show is weird how it asks me to feel sorry for one twin, and then yeah. the next episode they change. And next, like last episode, I was kind of on the Dot train because she was she was blossoming and coming into her own, well, and Bet thing. was plotting her murder with Miss Elsa, and now Dot's just a raging bitch. I think it's very human the way they're acting. Well, sure, you know. They're not perfect. They each have their faults. I think you're supposed to feel conflicted when eventually they become unconjoined. I think both Elsa and... Think how much you've hated your brother on occasion. Never. Okay. I mean, I never stopped. Okay. <laughs> and then, Except for now, you can't get away from him. In fact, you share a body with him. In fact, you he's on your shoulder. That would be crazy. No no space. That would make... These, these real-life conjoined twins, and I've, I've seen... Um, two sisters, they seem to be just genuinely good friends and they work well together. And I'm just, that's amazing you, to me. Yeah, how can you miss something you never had? Oh. It doesn't really make a great story if you have two conjoined twins that can read each other's minds and probably are inclined to think the same thoughts. Yeah. That's not fun. I don't want to watch that shit. Anyway, I think both Dot and Elsa are a little too big for their britches. Mm-hmm. They both think they're more important than they are. But, uh, Elsa wins this one. Yeah, she says, look, you're just a two-headed freak stumbling around, squeaking out a tune. She wins by squeaking out a tune, Gods and Monsters by Lana Del Rey. But let's let's soak in the reaction. Uh, I think she really kind of gave Bet pause. Amazon Eve and uh, Paul, the the Living Seal, and uh, Petite Ma are horrified. Like, 
they've been this one big happy family, and now they just realize this is how you really see us. If Ryan Murphy's going to make us, is going to take us on a musical odyssey every episode. Magical mystery tour. Sorry. He, that thought just came to me. It's a great name for it. What's hilarious about this is I was just listening to the Girls and Hoodies podcast on the Grantland Network. Who are you? And they were talking about, I guess, Lana Del Rey last Friday and Saturday gave a concert in the largest graveyard in L.A. Yes. And, yes. and, and late at night, and it's like all this lighting and stuff. I love and her. People were talking about how crazy, awesome, and beautiful and goth it was. But I'm like, this... I'm surprised. I, I wouldn't be surprised if she makes a cameo that's this the, season. Yeah, that, that's the thing is they called it. Her music is described as chamber pop. Huh? Like that's chamber it. pot. That's unflattering. <laughs> I know, right? I've never heard of it before. I thought that was very interesting. Yeah. All these artists, new pop artists these days, are doing things that aren't like bubblegum. It's pop, but it's it's interesting in really different ways. But if everybody, so I'm sure in 20 years I'll be like, "What the fuck did I listen to then?" Well, it's kind of like grunge when it first came out, and it was like such a unique sound. But then within a year, everything fucking sounded like that. Yeah, I like genuinely af- think that right now we're living in the golden age of entertainment. Like we television, sure. I don't know about music. I'm, I'm just saying yeah, I don't. I've never thought of it. We need to have it at a different time. We'll have to. We'll have to workshop this off air. Come back with a thesis. But anyway, Lana Del Rey, uh, which is the most anarchistic of the anarchisms that we've had. Okay. I mean, this album's current. As <laughs> you sound like you're chewing on gravel over there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they perform Gods and Monsters, and as she goes on and uh, talks about Paradise Lost, a green mist rolls into the camp, and Edward Mordrake appears in, in the rolling green mist and is very Angel of Death-like, and everyone can see him, and Elsa Mars starts emoting to him. And then at the end, she takes a steep bow, and he disappears. But it's funny, because all the freaks were locking eyes with him in the background, and she she bows, and they never change their expression. Like, oh, my God, he disappeared. So I asked, like, did everyone see him? But I knew Amazon Eve. She did a double take at him. People were seeing him, and then he's gone. So everyone reacted. Uh, you know, you'd think people would be, oh my God, that must be Edward. We did, we done fucked up because they were all on high alert about it. I think they tried to warn Bet and Dot, like even a rehearsal might trigger this shit. I didn't think that much deeply into it. You just got to let some things go when it comes to American Horror Story. Good advice. And I think, um, a muted response was appropriate for Edward Drake. Good advice. Um, Ethel has the coolest trailer. It's actually a caboose. And it looks cool on the outside. It looks awesome on the inside. I would pick her trailer over Elsa's tent any day. Yeah, now that I've seen it, totally. It probably smells like hell in there. (laughs) (laughs) Hell in a cell. Uh, She's fixing her hair, I guess, and she sees a dead man in their mirror. The standard old dead man in the mirror trick. She sees a dead fat woman in front of her. Green mist pours into her room. And it's Edward Mordrake. And he... Go ahead. Oh, I just thought this was very reminiscent of uh, 13 Ghosts. Oh, okay. I feel you. you No, you haven't seen that. No, I totally have. Uh, It just reminded me of that, Mm. of all the different spirits, of all the different spirits that just kept popping up. Mm. Uh, It's very creepy how they're, they're dead and they're just responseless. I think that's really... It reminded me of the X-Files episode where... There was these ghosts that would appear to people right before they die, and like one person was all, ma- you know, they, they, he appeared all mangled up in the and, and because it's set around a bowling alley, and he appeared into the mechanism, and he's all mangled up in there, and um, someone appeared in a bathroom mirror, like you know, it's open, it's open a medicine cabinet, nobody's there, shut the medicine cabinet, someone's there, and then at the very end of the episode. Uh, Scully is in her car and she looks in her rearview mirror and she sees the last guy that was murdered in his her back seat. She turns around and looks at him, implying because they said that I think she had cancer. That was one of the plot lines, implying that she was about to die. Uh-huh. Of course, she never did. Uh, she made it off that show alive. But this guy, I would love to know who was the first person to do the mirror person behind you jump. Genius, scare. genius. Because I I can't think of a single movie that hasn't done it or hasn't had someone looking in a mirror and you think someone's going to be behind them and they don't do it, so they still get the scare by not doing the scare. Yeah, no. Specifically, I'd love to know who who first did the whole. Uh, 
have a mirror on a door, you open it, and then you shut it, and someone's behind them. Because yeah. that was the first person that did that, fucking amazing. It's probably in Citizen Kane. That's where all the other cool camera tricks <laughs> were born. Anyway, Edward says, if my vile visage judges you a pure freak, then you're fucked. And you must be candid in answering my questions. And and he asks her about her past. He wants to delve into her pain, and she explains. I wonder, uh, I wonder why he chose to appear to her first. I don't know. Is he going to appear to a bunch of people? I think so. I think this. I'm pretty sure from the previews that he's going to appear to Elsa at one point. Of course. He's got to hit Elsa. He's got to hit Del. We just don't have time for everyone's backstory. I think he's got to hit De- uh, a Bet and Dot. I'm just curious what the. Is this a two or three parter? Did you, did you look ahead? This is two parter. Okay. So, it's man, there's banner. not a lot of time for him to visit everybody. But anyway. Yeah. Uh, she explains how she had this vaudeville act where she would surround herself with very pretty burlesque dancers yeah. and then dare the audience to look at anyone but but her. And she'd sing popular songs and she'd do you know, jokes and it's just a, a, a just smash hit vaudeville act. And she attracted the eye of Dell, who wanted to be her manager and said that you shouldn't play for laughs or rich folks want high art and culture. Uh, so they went to Paris and put on a series of her reciting Romeo and Juliet and other Shakespearean works, and it just bombed. Yeah. And she explains that now I wasn't in on the joke, I was the joke. And uh, creepy-ass Edward says, yes, but you have a deeper pain. And then she explains when the she came... The demon face, you mean. The demon face. Um, but Edward the demon, demon face, face doesn't say anything. Yeah, it does. We just can't hear it. I'm, but I'm just saying. I think it's really nice. When I'm nice quoting Edward, it's time. not the demon face. I really like how every time he's in the room, there's just this whispering going on, like the yeah. under track of the music. Uh-huh. Very nice. When she came back to the state, she was pregnant, and she couldn't do any carny work in her condition. So Dell came up with a uh, – sold tickets to her live freak birth where she just had it out. It looked like she had – she gave birth to the tree that the antler girl was tied to in True Detective. Wow. Tree has a lot of history. And uh, he's he's selling tickets to it. He's 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 saying, "Look at the freak baby! Look at the freak baby! Would you would you want to hold the freak baby for two bits?" Which I believe is twenty five cents. And she just breaks down crying and said, "That poor baby, my firstborn, never knew anything but exploitation from the very start." And Mordrake appears, peased by this, offers her a hanky, and he's just surrounded by dead freaks. Now there's a real tall guy with a knife stuck through his head and. And yeah, the, these are all the freaks that were dead in the original, yes, the, and, the original batch. And they all have this. What's funny about that is they all had knives sticking out of their heads. It's like how many knives they have there. I was gonna say, and like, why wouldn't you recycle them? It's like I have used that knife. Might as well leave it there. Must go get another one. It's like you know, yeah. That's a guy who's just really particular about the way he massacres people. He, he went mad over a long period of Can't time. Be bothered retrieving and, knives. And he gave her a white hanky. Mm-hmm. What do you think the significance of that is? Well, do you think he was just doing it so she could blot her tears? He's going to do that to everyone? Is the person he's going to murder... going to get a black egg. Yes. Uh, so the pure freak... What's funny is like the pure freak he talks about, the pure freak about being twisted on the inside. I, he would take great cares to talk about that. So it's almost like it's, ex, it's an internal thing more than an external thing. I think that he was ready to take her. Maybe. But, but the demon voice said, not the one. Well, I think that at the end, she said she was ready to die, and she offered herself with genuine remorse, like she had learned from her mistakes and was truly sorry, and I think that was the deciding factor there. See, my take was that he just, I, I don't think so. I think that you know sealed the deal, but I, I think that he was already made up his mind when he offered her to Hanky. That's that's what I got yeah, the impression. I, yeah, I guess so. Well, I guess in telling the story, she was also showing the remorse. Sure. And showing her she's not a bad person. She's, no, she's tried to not. make the most. She did everything out of love and out of desperation. And she has genuine remorse for even things she was forced into doing. Right. Uh, so we go to the dandy and he's doing this trick or treat. He goes out to the clown's creepy ass school bus in the woods. And he has his knife and he tries to stab the blonde girl and the little coonskin cap wearing boy through their their little fingers, sh- their, their little digits, their their little chicken wire prison that a solid kick would 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 do in. And he he says it's too short, but he gets a stick and he's going to tie the knife uh, to it. When Twisty, the real clown, comes back and says, 
He returns with Magic Mike. He returns with Magic Mike, and he says, more fun? And Twisty gives him a look that I interpret as, like, I'm about tired of your shit, kid. He's exasperated, but he's still not going to kill him, because I don't think he kills people out of anger. Hmm. Out of fits of rage, like Dandy does. And that's the difference between their madness. Again, I think Dandy does things uh, out of weird over-emoting. You mentioned that this would be a... that this might be a popular costume idea, the dandy costume. Yes, you just if you're going to dress up like Twisty the Clown for Halloween because they introduced this character in enough time, or you know anyone who is, send me the pictures, please. I would love to see that. Or trump them by going as the dandy clown. Yeah, that's even creepier. <laughs> so that's the end of part one. It'll be continued next week. If we didn't already have the best Halloween couples costume ever... I would suggest we do that. I would be the little prince. You could be the little princess girl and I'll be the clown. No, you'd be twisty and I'll be dandy. Yes. There you go. That's next year. Okay. Next year. Don't uh, we've do already that. ordered order ordered this year's costume. <laughs> I'm doing it right now. Um so shall we get to some pimping and then do feedback? Yes. If you'd like to support Bald Move, there's a couple ways you can do it. You can check out our patreon.com slash bald move site. Uh, where you can subscribe and get several monthly benefits. There's an ad-free feed, so you don't have to ever listen to us pimping again. Uh, we're doing Lunch with Jim and Aaron, which is a video hangout with me and Jim. Uh, we're doing all kinds of cool stuff, and we just uh, hit our first major milestone there where we're going to unlock forums, hopefully uh, coming out next week, where we'll have some exclusive VIP hangouts for Patreon and subbable subscribers. We also will be um, having show threads over there uh you guys will have the power to start your own threads i'm really hoping that we can uh expand the community we've built over on facebook and uh, make it a little bit more open a little bit more interesting for everybody so thank you for everyone that supported us so far you can also still support us on subbable and uh unlocking the forum is going to kind of turbocharge that because we got some ideas on some reward levels to do some community source podcasts uh, so that's coming down the pike. Amazon.baldmove.com. Use that link for all your purchases and uh, enjoy all of Amazon's great shipping policy, all their wide selection, their great prices, uh, their lenient return policies, and support Bald Move at the same time. You can also rate and review us on iTunes. We've got a brand new show here on American Horror Story Freak Show. We'd really appreciate it if you enjoy it to go over there and give us a rating review because that's what helps us grow the network. That's the, the number one thing you can do. And uh, if you can't do any of that, tell a friend or a family member or a coworker about Bald Move. Share us on social media. Uh, please check out all of our other great shows on Bald Move, not just our television coverage, but we've got Personal Arrogance and The Because Show. Uh, lots of stuff uh, going on all the time at baldmove.com. So let's get to feedback now. We didn't have a lot of it. Actually, we have a decent amount, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna feel sorry for myself. We have a respectable amount. Okay. It might not be Russell Edgington. Quantities, uh, quantity of, of feedback. feedback, but it's a it's a solid six inches of feedback. It's it's five and it's a five to six inch. Feed, it's an average size. It's yeah. a, it's a good size. It's a good. <laughs> a size. lot of a lot of people have this size feedback. It's, it's a nice size feedback. <laughs> <laughs> Anthony, it's B- not the amount of feedback. It's how you read it. <laughs> Well, God, we're <laughs> fucked. Anthony B says, I just want to expand on my Facebook comment about references to freaks. At one point in the premiere, Elsa says to the twins, you are one of us. And massacres, Dandy says, tells Jimmy, I am one of you. Then there's the ritualistic dismembering of the cop and monsters, which is reminiscent of the Freaks and Browning's film. He's referring to the classic film Freaks, which I know so only solely because of the AMC used to have that fright. That the the fright month or whatever countdown where they have the countdown of the hundred scariest movies. They're doing that right now. Well, you know what? They're not. They haven't done it for like the, ever since the Walking Aww. Dead came on. They're filling all the free time with reruns of that. I want them to bring back the scariest Bullshit. movie countdown. Yeah. Uh, so I I couldn't tear myself away. But anyway, there's a he goes. It's reminiscent of the one in the Freaks movie. Uh, who gang up on Cleopatra in the middle of the night for revenge because they chant one of us, one of us. And, uh, in fact, the gobble gobble. In fact, he's, I'm going to let Anthony continue. Said some of the freaks chanting to Jimmy at the table is, of course, a reference to the famous gobble gobble one of us scene in the freaks film, which I played homage to in the first episode. Also, Rose Siggins as Legless Susie is very reminiscent of Johnny X Half Boy, 
who I think if you're the, the one I, I think you're talking about, he actually has no arms or legs, and he just kind of like wobbles along the ground with a knife in his teeth. It's terrifying. He says, is there any other possible references I've missed? I don't know. I haven't seen the movie. I've only seen the highlights, so I wouldn't be. It's black and white, and it's about a beautiful girl that, well, anyway, I'll, I'll let you look that up. Uh, he also said, did you notice some of the score is based on John Norris's music for The Elephant Man? I'm wondering if we'll be seeing a character based on John Merrick at some point in the season. Mary Ann D says, I'm sure I'm not the first to point this out, but after seeing Sarah Paulson's performance, I watched a couple BBC documentaries on YouTube about Abby and Brittany Hensel. This is what I was talking about. That's fascinating and lends insight into where the writers got their inspiration for the characters. There are several videos that they are easy to find by searching their names. And I got to tell you, it is fascinating. And like these, these girls are in their mid twenties. Now they, have control over one half of their body. I mean, it's exactly like they have, they have two heads, they have four lungs, two hearts, two spines that terminate into the the hip bones. They can control one half of the body at the same time. So they can eat independently and drink independently. But, but get this, they have to, like if they run or swim or drive a car, they have to coordinate that subconsciously because they can only control one half the body. So one girl's responsible for like drink, uh, for braking, one's responsible for putting the gas, one responsible for shifting, one responsible for uh, turning signals, and they both work the wheel at the same time. Get this. They can type at a average word per minute yeah. working together, and when they're corresponding, when they, agree, when they both agree on something, they use the I, like they say, I said this or I said that. If one of them has a different viewpoint, they'll actually break and say, you know... Um, the, the docs just say, Abby said this or Brittany said that. So they use different pronouns basing on how much of an agreement they're in in a particular subject. It's weird. And I heard that one of them's engaged. I started asking, like, you know, how would that all work? But, I mean... Could they have a baby? I, I don't know because I started trying to research that. And, like, you know, if you're married and, and you're legally two separate people, uh, is that considered... But, you know, bigamy, are you cheating on each other? I mean, how's that work? Can they conceive? And I just found a whole bunch of pages that basically made me feel like a terrible person for even asking that question. You should. No. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 that's, that's. You know what? They know how we have sex. And <laughs> so what is, what kind of privileges is that? It's like some kind of I'm pretty a sure it's privilege. Just, is that like ableism? Yeah, no, it's like asymmetric. They've <laughs> asymmetricism. <laughs> they they know how we get down. They know how the P and the V fit together and how all that stuff works. We this is something unusual. We want to know, and they and they they've got the power. They got the power in this relationship. <laughs> yeah, they do. They're a power double top. <laughs> but anyway, there it's it's super interesting. Uh, I'll put a link to some Wiki, Wikipedia and some articles link I found about shit. it. I will in the show notes. Can you link Edward Mordrake too? Because that's creepy. No, they could have to Google that um, Google because there's just I don't know what I'd link. There's so many different legends and stuff about it. Just Google and prepare to lose an hour. There's not. There's just the one. I couldn't find anything else. Well, you're full of crap. <laughs> I found a ton. Uh, Allison SK said, "Okay, so now we know what is under that hideous clown mask. Uh, this is for last episode. Apparently, he has no teeth, with the expe- exception of a few snaggles or mouth, etc. If this is the case, how is it even possible for him to be a man of big stature?" I don't want to use the word fat, but I assume he would be a tad slimmer if all he could eat were liquids. My TV ADD was already going crazy with the Kathy Bates Baltimore accent. Am I being too picky? Yes. Allison, I feel like maybe this thing happened to him very recently because that's an unhealed wound. No, his mouth is super rotted. Well, but I mean, that was a disgustingly rotted mouth. Like, so, so if my theory is right, and he shot himself in the face with a shotgun, that toupee is certainly fairly fresh because it hasn't rotted in the hot, humid Florida air. And his mouth looks like yes, it's got some you know blackness and corruption, but infection sets in very fast. I wonder how long he's actually been suffering from this. And also, maybe he is just undead. Maybe he, yeah. Ooh. Yeah, because this is an American horror that you don't have to get physiological with it. Yeah, he doesn't. Yeah, he could be like Jason That's or an, Edward Mordrake. 
Yeah, that's another one of those things, Allison. Is you're just gonna have to give them that. Maybe. John Carroll Lynch decided he did not need to lose twenty pounds for this role, but he's still killing <laughs> it. So you know what? Keep that pooch. Eat yourself another cupcake. You earned it, buddy. Yeah, don't fat shame the clown. Come on, he's been through enough. What if Edward Mordrake ends up being the hero of the series, and he, the undead Edward Mordrake, kill you know takes? He's an anti-hero in a way. I mean, he's a tormented. Sure, because it's not his fault. It's the devil's head. Exactly. But he's been driven mad, and what can, What else can you do? I think... He's like he's got the sad story of Jillian uh, Dormady. She never stood a chance. So I think, he, I, I think that's one of the theories I'm going to have, official prediction, that he ends up killing Twisty and taking him down to hell, and that will free his soul. The devil head will stay down in, in, in right, hell with Twisty, just, and he'll that's go... That's a little too religious for me. <laughs> Uh, Frack and T says... I don't think anyone ever mentioned hell or God, did they? No, they did. They mentioned demons and hell and dragging mm. down the hell many times. Meh. No, you just, you just, you just, your religiosity filter just edited it out. No. Frack and T said, are we doing a music number every week now? The first was great. The second was a bit of a stretch, but was saved by the rule of cool. This one wasn't bad per se, but enough is enough. This is what Glee is for. If they don't do it, we will. What do you, what do you mean by that? If... American Horror Story doesn't do a musical number, you and I will. Because <laughs> I know that Frackin' T's wanting it bad. He's gagging for it. Christina S. said, I'm having trouble with Wait, Kathy. you don't have any take on that? No, I, I already gave a significant take. I think that if they're going to continue doing this, they need to go bigger. They need to make each one a big damn thing. They can't just go awesome, good, mediocre, okay. It has to be awesome, awesomer, holy shit, oh my god, I'm going to die. That's my take. Christina S. said, I'm having trouble with Kathy Bates' completely overdone accent. I'm from South Coastal Jersey, and I'm totally familiar with the Philly, South Jersey, Delaware, Maryland, Chesapeake Bay accent. She's way over the top, and while I still love her, it's really annoying. I already said that it's okay with me now at this point. Somebody don't like to go down the ocean. <laughs> Someone doesn't yeah. like to reminisce about... I think about we handled that topic the first episode. About the coats? Second episode. So We were corrected... I think it's a poor choice to have her doing a Baltimore accent, but sure. she's not doing a bad job. Well, Baltimore, I'm not even saying she's not doing a bad Baltimoreans job. Baltimoreans are just not great speakers. She's she's doing a job, <laughs> and I I'm I'm liking what she's doing. So that's all we got for this week. If you'd like to send us some more feedback, you can do so at ahs at baldmove dot com. We'll see you back here next week for the next installment. Until then, I'm Aaron and I'm Cecily. Good night. <laughs>